Welcome to the Table Podcast. We hope what you hear today inspires joy in your heart and causes you to be convinced that God is good and He is for you. Enjoy the message. Um, We're starting a new series called The Good Shepherd. And it kind of just stemmed from uh, the end of the year, how we talked about God chose uh, to use the shepherds to spread the good news. And it kind of made me think about Jesus describing himself as a good shepherd. And if I'm honest, most of my life, I said I was following Christ, but I was the one doing the leading. You know, I was making the plans. I was saying what I was going to do and what I was going after and what I wanted. And, And I don't think that my pursuits were wrong in their entirety, just incomplete. Because if I'm pursuing what I can see and what I can imagine, God wants to exceed that. He wants to supersede that. So so it's not about us thinking that what we we can't have what we want, but we can have more than what we can think of. We can have better than what we can imagine. And and so I didn't want to get to the point where I'm laying my plans here, but God is like, but I got you all the way up here with some things way better than what you could think. So it's been one of those moments where I'm just like, wow, if I really do take what I have, but say, God, do more than what I can imagine, then I'm really living in what God has called for me. You know, he's made for me, he's planned for me. And so in those moments, it's just like, I want God to be able to exceed my expectations. I never want to settle for what I think is best when right around the corner, God has something great. I don't know if y'all saw this really funny video. Uh, It was on social media. This girl had this really small stuffed animal or whatever, and there's a guy dressed up at a baseball game or something like that. He's dancing, and he's, like, trying to pull the little one from her or whatever, and she's like, no, I just won this, and then he comes back with a really big one, and then she's like, okay, I'm cool. This is really, really big. Well, then he was like, no. I got one even bigger than that. He brought her out of bear bigger than her whole body. But she was holding on so tight to the small one, she didn't actually know what she was really supposed to get was way bigger. And so, like, when we see things like that, I look at that, and I'm like, yeah, that really is how God is. He's like, man, you holding on to that little bear. But I got a beast of a good life ready for you if you release your hands, right? And so I'm in a place where I want to hear from the Lord, where I want to set my mark at his mark, where I want to set my expectation with his. And the only way that I can do that is if I'm listening to what he's dreaming with me about, if I listen to what he's planning for me, if I trust his heart for me, that's when I'm really going to see the fullness of what he has. One of the most important things that we can do in our life in Christ is to learn to hear from the Lord. But in order to recognize any voice, we have to be close in relationship. You have to know not just the sound of the voice, but the nature of the person that's speaking. Get that. You have to know the nature of the person that's speaking. Because there's somebody that can probably mimic my voice. But if they don't know my nature, I'll still be able to tell the difference. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so many times where the enemy is saying stuff that really sounds like you. But when you know your true nature in Christ, you know he's lying to you. We're going to get into that a little bit more. Um, One of the things that I noticed is that um, relationship and proximity really does make your voice more clear to the person that you're walking with. Um, Me and my mom or whatever, we love shopping. Like, it's just our thing. Like, dad already knows, oh, my God, let me find a book. Let me find something, a place to take a nap. Because when we get together, we go hard with the shopping. And so, like, I went somewhere, and I was looking for something, and I found some clothes to try on. And I hadn't seen where my mom was at all in the store. 
So like we're in H and M, I'm doing my thing, and uh, I I'm in the fitting room and I hear a voice say, oh, "Okay," I was like, "That's my mama," and then she gets to the the stall right next to me, and she says something else like not even really audible words, and I was like, "Mama," she was like, "Yeah, that's me," you know, <laughs> and so like proximity of relationship helps you recognize a voice. When you've been around someone, you've been in the presence of someone for so long, you don't have to see them to know they're speaking. Like, you can hear the inflection, you can hear the tone of that voice. And it's even funny because uh, I did the uh, bumper for, like, one of our uh, series or whatever for church. And she's in Arkansas, but they tune in online. And, like, after the series, she called me and she was like, that's you on that bumper, isn't it? I know my daughter's voice. And so, like, even if it was through a computer screen, through a wall, through a curtain, it didn't matter where we are. Like, we have gotten in relationships so closely that I can hear her voice anywhere. I can pick her voice out of a crowd, and she can do the same for me. And I really feel like our relationship with Christ is the same. When we are spending time in his presence, when we are connected with him in life, we begin to recognize what he sounds like over the fray of every other voice. He could be right next to you in this place, and you hear a hundred voices, but that relationship will let you hear that it's him. Now, somebody could try to mimic that voice. Somebody could try to sound like my mom all day long, but I don't just hear her words. I hear her heart. I hear the fact that she's lifted me up in broken times. She's encouraged me when I was upset, when she's cared for me, when I've been wounded, whether it's physically or emotionally. So there's something deeper to her voice now because of relationship. It's not just a sound. I can actually hear her posture towards me in her voice. That's the same way with the Lord. There's a time in your life where you've begun to hear his voice so much that you can even know his posture towards you. You even begin to understand the way that he's speaking to you is nurturing. Even if my mom is upset, she has this way of saying, I love you in those words. Even if she's bringing correction, there's something about that tone that tells me, I'm only telling you this because I want you to thrive. Am I speaking to somebody tonight? Learning the voice of God in this manner is life-giving for us. Understanding his posture in his heart and the way that he feels that when he communicates something, it is not just a, a command or a statement or a promise. It's his heart. He's speaking his heart in his words. Man, that's good. Our relationship with him brings us to a place where we can stay close to what he's doing. Because wherever he is, life is happening. Wherever he is, goodness is there, mercy is there, and it's just the place that you want to stay. In this series, we're going to learn more about the nature of the shepherd, who is Christ, so that we can follow his leading in life. Not just for a season when we need a a decision made or when we have a breakup or a heartache or whatever. Like, yeah, you'll be able to hear the voice of God really well in those seasons, but what about just daily? What about just daily engaging him? And even if you don't hear words, somehow his heart still connects with you because you've learned his nature. Jesus began in John chapter 10 addressing the Pharisees. And I want to unpack kind of like a little bit of this story so we can kind of know why Jesus is using this certain language. See, the Pharisees, these are religious rulers of the day. They believe that they're the appointed shepherds of the people but they don't reflect the character and the nature of God. 
So in this moment, Christ is actually having a dialogue with them. And he's doing two things. One, he's kind of addressing their mindset and what they've believed and what they've thought and what they've impressed upon the people. And he's also reestablishing what leadership is really like. Because these Pharisees, they're, they're bound by religion. They think they know more than everyone. They think they have this place of authority. And they thought that leadership was lording over people instead of serving people. And so Jesus, who fully embodies the nature of God himself, is saying, let me reestablish leadership. Let me reestablish what it's really like to follow me. Because this example is insufficient. It's not true. And and God comes and reestablishes this this leadership, and it's relational. And I believe we hesitate sometimes to respond to Christ because we aren't really sure of his character. We aren't really sure we can trust what he's really like. So maybe that comes from misguided leaders who painted the wrong picture of leadership. Y'all ain't got to say amen. Maybe there's people that you have followed that were misguided. Their hearts, you know, weren't in the right place. And so you've had this mindset of their leadership and thought God must be like this because my first view of, of leadership in a religious community or a faith community was this. Or maybe you're like me, and you're just fearful about giving up control. You don't care if they're a good leader or a bad leader. You just don't want nobody else in charge. <laughs> I've been there where it really didn't matter because I hadn't established a trust. It didn't matter who was trying to lead. I'm so fearful of giving up control that even a good leader is, is not really um, ideal for me. Because I like to call the shots, quote unquote. So... If this has been your reality of what life with Christ is like, it's untrue. He's not trying to dominate. He's not trying to domineer over you. He is serving us. His leadership and his lordship looks like servanthood. And one of the ways that I've been able to see that is by the way he describes himself. If you want to know what somebody is like, Observe their behavior, observe their character, and watch how they describe themselves. If you want to know what Jesus is like, if you haven't had a reference, pay attention to how he describes himself. So we're going to look at it. Because I'm convinced that the more we know the heart of God, the more we're going to be willing to walk with him in life. And we're going to learn how to trust him in simplicity and love because we see he's consistent. And we're finding out that he's a safe place. Amen? All right, so let's start with 10, uh, John 10, verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the door into the sheepfold of the sheep but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So Jesus shows us in his first statement directly towards the Pharisees. One of the ways we can tell the difference between a false shepherd and himself is the way he approaches us, the gate. In this time frame, a gate is the only thing that's separating the sheep from whatever. So he's letting us know that if, if it's any other way, if it's climbing around the back, if it's doing something deceptive, if it's something that's tricky, if it's something that throws you off guard and startles you, that's not the way that Jesus approaches his people. He always comes face to face because not only has he been the authority the whole time, but he's the one that's most invested in you. Think about a robber. What is their agenda? To take from you, to harm you, to steal from you, maybe even to kill you. 
You've never known a robber to have any other intentions. Nobody's ever tried to rob me and then fix me breakfast. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I just came into your house to, to actually provide for you. No, robbers don't do that. They take. That's why they're called robbers. So when we see the, the way that someone approaches us, that's going to tell the difference between the intentions, right? Jesus is saying the same thing. If you have to climb a back door, a wall, a window, somewhere else where you're not supposed to be, you're definitely not the good shepherd. Same way with the enemy. If he comes in the back door and tries to tell you something, if he sneaks in a thought, know that that is not Jesus. Mm. I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's a good word. All right, so he comes face to face, Jesus, with no tactics, just love. He's been given authority by the Father, and he's not stealing or demanding. He has pure intentions for us. A robber always has impure intentions. A robber always intends something wicked. Remember who he's speaking to. He's speaking to religious leaders and saying, you've been this person. You've had ill intentions towards people, towards humanity. You've wanted to take from them. And Jesus is coming to reestablish that he's the life giver. All right, so verse 3 says this. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Jesus is sharing this parable with people who understand the nature of shepherds and their relationship with the sheep. It's been ingrained in their culture, so they are able to unpack these details and they understand the imagery. But because we probably haven't been exposed to that, I want to kind of take this series to unpack little by little some nuances and some things about shepherds that will kind of give you more of an idea of Christ's heart towards you. It's pretty cool. The sheep hearing his voice denotes intimacy, closeness, a bond that can only be established in close proximity. See, a shepherd devotes his life to the sheep. He is intertwined with their daily lives, and Jesus desires to be present with us, not distant, He's right in the middle of life with us. Verse 3 says, he calls his own sheep by name, meaning he isn't just looking at the body of Christ as a whole. He's being acquainted with the individual. Somebody write that down. Because a lot of times we think that Jesus is going to just speak to a corporate group. But here's a fun fact about shepherds and sheep. The shepherd actually can call a sheep by an individual name, and they have the ability to recognize their own name. Isn't that crazy? You would think the sheep, because he's really not all that intelligent, you would think, how out of all the noises that they hear of their own, you know, sounds, of the shepherd, of the sheepdogs, all that, how could they possibly have the capability to hear their own name? Same with us. A lot of times we think we're not capable of hearing our own name from God. But we are. Every single one of us has an opportunity to respond to God. You wouldn't even probably be here tonight if that hadn't already happened, you know? Your experience, your beginning with God is because you were able to hear in your own heart from him. So the lie that you can't hear from God, nah, you can. Now the way that he speaks, so many different ways, and we're going to unpack those as we go on. But to know that you can discern your own name from the voice of God is actually really cool. He has a plan individually for all of us and then corporately all together. And it's so cool to know that we have to, to like really realize he believes in us more than we believe in ourselves a lot. 
He sees more of our capabilities than we do. But when we open ourselves to really saying, all right, let's just see if I can respond. Let me open myself up to the possibility. He meets us at that place and continuously reveals himself until we really hold on to that. I love that. He loves us that much where he's willing to do that for us. So the other aspect is hearing the shepherd's voice, if I'm honest, comes with practice and patience. Sometimes it can be a a word in scripture that just jumps out at you, or it's an inspired thought that like reminds you of the heart of God. A lot of times if you hear the word, I love you, that's God. (laughs) You know, there's just so many times where we try to micromanage and make what we hear so profound that we minimize one of the most beautiful things that he could ever say is I love you. It's so foundational for our life and relationship. And it's the thing that he probably says the most. So the other way I feel, um, you know, can happen is that the Lord will speak through people. He'll speak through circumstances. He'll speak through an open door or a closed door. I mean, there's so many different ways that we kind of just think as uh, fate or just coincidence that really it's the Lord doing that. And, And so when we get to a place where we open our hearts to respond to him again, He is speaking a lot more than we realize. It's just we have to be willing to listen. So while the shepherd is building trust and showing consistency, because this is what he does, the sheep eventually learn that he's the one they can follow to find good pasture. The next part of the verse says that he leads them out. He doesn't send the sheep ahead of him. He goes before them to anticipate danger And the shepherd exposes himself to harm so that the sheep will be protected. Nothing catches the shepherd off guard. He always knows what's coming before we do. That's cool. So verse 4 says, When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. One of the most interesting things that I discovered about shepherds in my study is how much they actually plan ahead. I love to hear those people that are like, I'm a planner. I am such a planner, so I know everything that I'm going to be doing, and I just love that I'm a planner. Well, what's funny is, is the shepherd is the planner already, so that job's not really for you. (laughs) And it's one of those things where you're just like, it's disappointing at first until you realize how good he is at planning. When I, and nobody will believe this, I know, because I'm so chill, but I used to be a perfectionist. Yes. Say, oh. Because it's not, it's, it's even unbelievable for me to say that. But I used to be that person who wanted to make like all A's and get everything right and plan all these things. And then the Lord just kind of like hit me one day and I was just like, whoa, like not in a bad way. But I just realized how much we don't have control, how much we really can try to plan. But it doesn't always work out the way that we think. And I think sometimes when we hold on to, to our plans more than God's goodness, we get lost in the middle of that. And somehow we think, well, because I thought it wasn't supposed to be this way, God must have forgotten me. No, it's just he already made the plans and we weren't on his page. That's so real. That's convicting me. But yeah, so I had abandoned and it's not that I don't have goals because like hashtag goals, I got them. But I've actually prayed now to ask God what he's dreaming for me and to give me what he wants me to focus on. Because if I'm over here trying to start a fire and he's already built a flame here, I don't want to do extra work when he's already made a way for me, right? 
He, the, the goal of life in Christ is rest. The, the inheritance is rest. So that means that we can lay aside all the planning. We can lay aside all the frustrations and we can just go where the fire is. We can go where it's always warm, where it's always inviting, and we can believe that God has already gone ahead. Like shepherds know every season. They know everywhere where there's going to be greenery. They know every place where there's water. There's nothing that they don't think of. They know what type of attacks are coming. They know whether it's going to be a wolf or it's going to be a stray dog. Like they've already seen it. And then in the winter, when the shepherd knows nothing is growing, he reaches up above the sheep and provides food from like branches and all those things with his own hands. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? God's really got you. He really knows what's up. He knows what's coming and he's making ample provision. All we're doing is responding to the voice and, and grazing where he tells us to graze. One of the cool things about that is that when a sheep finishes in that pasture and they've eaten all they can, they actually let the poor come in behind the sheep to gather. You never know the place where God is taking you, who's reaping after you. When, you, when there's nothing else left for you, there's still something else left for someone else. This is a word, y'all. I don't know. I'm just saying. I, I didn't realize that the way that God plans things, he's not just anticipating our nourishment. He's looking out for everyone. For the people that will walk in the same path that you're walking in, there's still something for them. Man, that's so good. It lets me know that Jesus never intended us to just follow him haphazardly into some maybe one day, someday experience. He's had green pastures full of abundance already prepared. That's just how good he is. So you may think that you're following blindly, but that's not possible because the shepherd can always see. You are never following him blind. He always knows exactly what he has for us. You know, the only time that a sheep gets in a bad place is when they're too far away from the voice to keep walking. Let me say that again. The only time that a sheep goes into a desolate place is when they're too far away from the shepherd and they stop walking. Because everybody else has been moving, they get disoriented. But even in that moment, the shepherd goes to the place of their desolation. Because at this point, they're exhausted, they're hungry, and they have no water. And he picks them up and carries them back to the sheepfold. No matter what you do in life, no matter if you stop walking, you get a little far from the voice and you're in a desolate place, the shepherd is anticipating that and has the strength to carry you right back every single time. When I learn that Jesus is like this, I'll go anywhere with him. When I realize this is how he chose to describe himself, this is how he chose to reveal to us what he's really like, I'll follow him anywhere. Because the only desolate place is the place where I'm not near him. But as long as I'm there, even if I don't know where I'm going, there is green pasture for you. There is green pasture for us. Man, this is good stuff, man. I hope y'all really hearing this. I, I, I didn't know how detailed and how much God really thought of all the things. We always ask him for direction instead of just asking to hear his voice instead. Because naturally, when you hear his voice, you're in that direction. 
no matter what your circumstance looks like, abundance is there. He's got you. Verse 5, this is the final verse because we're going to unpack these over the next few weeks. I don't like going through a whole 18 verse. Um, I like to just dive in piece by piece. So here's the last verse we're going to read. A stranger, they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. See, part of the process of learning the shepherd's voice is to learn what he doesn't sound like. Maybe you're having a hard time hearing his voice right now. But it may be better for you to know what he doesn't sound like instead. That's still a worthy endeavor. Why? Because when you hear what he doesn't sound like, at least you'll run from the things that the enemy has planned for you. And you'll be in a place where you can eventually respond and go in the right direction. But here's the thing. When we learn how to hear what doesn't sound like him, on the contrast, his voice becomes clear because we have something to compare it to. Y'all feeling me? So here's what I'm saying. If the voice you hear sounds like accusation, don't follow it. Jesus doesn't accuse, only Satan does. If you hear a voice that condemns, don't follow it. If you hear a voice that produces shame and fear, don't even go in that direction. Flee from that. Do not keep walking with those thoughts. Do not keep walking with those voices because those are categorically not the way that God speaks on any level at any time. So I've practiced what not to listen to. That's almost just as important. When you hear shame, you know that's not of God. When you hear, you'll never get past this, you'll never be this, you'll never be good enough, he doesn't use that type of terminology. He doesn't say those things. He always calls us into love. So a part of our listening is learning what to flee from so that we can hear how God really speaks. Jesus says in the text that they get away from that voice. They don't just say, stop talking. <laughs> leave me alone <laughs> you know like we're not passive about this we gotta go because if we stay any longer we might fall into the wrong hands if we entertain this any longer we might miss out on the goodness of God because we're entertaining the wrong voice man Jesus is never gonna lead you into those places of brokenness and shame and, and, and you feeling stuck and, and, and feeling like you can't move forward. He doesn't do that. So when we learn what not to listen to, we learn to recognize the contrast of that. Instead of shame on you, he's saying there's therefore now no condemnation. And, and instead of condemning you, he's calling out the gold in you. He's calling out the things that he placed inside of you. He's reminding you that you're a son and a daughter of the most high God so that you start to understand the difference. Because there's only one way that leads to life. That's what he says. If you listen to the other voice, destruction is all you'll find. But he's made a way for us to discern. And when we recognize that voice... It says, we will follow. That is our natural response. Love always draws us to follow every time. To me, 
the best way to truly know the heart of the Father is to listen to Christ. He fully embodies his nature completely. And we can take examples like these and start to make a connection. What we're learning about Christ so far is that he desires to be close and intimate with us, present in our everyday lives. He wants to show us the life he always has planned for us apart from every other experience. And as we begin to distinguish the stranger's voice from his, we learn how to reject what is not of God and lean close into Christ. Because life with him always produces goodness, nourishment, safety, protection, and that peace that Mallory talked about. The shalom peace that makes sure you're well in every area, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. That's the kind of father. That's the kind of shepherd. That's the kind of love that we have with Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. At the table, we are discovering Jesus together. If you were encouraged by today's message, do us a favor and subscribe to this podcast. That way you never miss out on future episodes. Also, help us get the word out by sharing this podcast on your preferred social media platform. To keep up on what's happening in our community, you can follow us on Facebook at The Table or on Instagram at The Table CCLA.